Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. They had some lean years without getting too much into their build. And I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. Like, he's a heck of a talent. I'd love to have him. But you got to go through some lean years to do that. And, you know, they were able to get Burrow one. And I don't remember where Chase was drafted, but it was pretty high. Like, and those guys are on their rookie deals. We're paying Stefan Diggs a pretty hefty number. We're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number. Yeah, the, the thing about that was... They're not even paying those guys the hefty number yet. Yeah. This year is when they're going to pay them the hefty number. Diggs has got the second highest cap number. It's $20 million. The two of them go up a combined $32 million on the cap. Yeah. They're going to eat up about $60 million of the Bills cap. Just, just Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. On the cap and the business side of things, we are going to the West Tour Hotline. I was just reading his Bills breakdown which you can find at SpotTrack.com. Michael Gennetti, co-founder, editor, SpotTrack, is joining us on the Western Hotline. Michael, it's Howard and Jeremy. We were trying to hold off your off-season Bills visit as long as we could. It's a little earlier than we had anticipated. Yeah, that's that's how I was going to open this up as well. This isn't the weekend we were hoping for, but we're here, nope. so we'll deal with it. Nope. Okay, let's start with the bigger picture first. and Because we heard Brandon Bean earlier this week, Michael, talk about how there's no Von Miller signing coming and they're gonna have, they got their work cut out from. What is the Bills' cap picture as we enter their offseason? Yeah, when you factor in these reserve contracts that went in last week, we're at about negative 16. So yeah. it's... Uh, you know, I think I heard Sean McDermott say something about it. it doesn't matter where the salary cap is, we're over it. And, that, and that's definitely right. Um, you mentioned it's top-heavy. Some of those big contracts are coming coming home to roost this year, and that's just what good teams have to deal with when they have good players. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult task, but it's not an insurmountable task for Brandon Bean this year. Now, they also still – we don't know exactly what the cap will be. Do we have any idea of wh- how big of an increase there could be? Yeah, I've, I've heard a couple of numbers. On the site right now, we've been holding kind of tight at 225, which might be a little generous. It might come in more closer to the 220 mark, but that's still 12 to 15 million north of the 208 we sit at now. So it's going to be impactful. It's going to be a, a help to a lot of these teams that have situations like Buffalo does right now. Now, let's talk about some of the, Let's start, I guess, internally. All right, let's start with their own, the, some of the key free agents. The biggest name on the list in terms of what it would cost would certainly be Tremaine Edmonds. So let's go there. What kind of market value? If you go to SpotTrack, by the way, what Michael does with some of the free agents, you'll find a link that says market value. If you click on that, it's what a projected contract would be. What's the market value you have on a guy like Edmonds at this point? Yeah, he's been holding at about $11 million on our site, in our system, with our math. And I know that's not something he likes, right? That's something he, his agent's probably ignoring right now because it's not a number that's anywhere near the top of the off-ball linebacker market, which hit $20 million a couple of weeks ago with Roquan Smith. So, um, look, we don't do one-game evaluations. We don't do one-year evaluations. We do two years, maybe two-plus years in some cases. So um, we're looking for consistency, not just uh, a flash in the pan. And, and Edmonds has been up and down. There's no question about that. And, and he doesn't have those eye-popping numbers from a productivity standpoint as well. It's a lot of intangibles with him, which can be valuable and which can make people a lot of money. So I'm not sitting here saying 
he's a four-year, $44 million player. What I'm saying is the math that we utilize when we're using other off-ball linebackers against him says $11 million. Realistically, though, guys, it's a 15 to $17 million contract, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people know that all out. Yeah, when we, we brought this up last week, we saw the number 11 for AAV, and I thought, wow, yeah. that's really low. Like That's actually doable. Yeah, it's a little bit, I want to kind of ask you, kind of like the draft. When you're doing a mock draft, you might not think a player is worth the third pick, but think that they're going to get picked with the third pick. So is that a bit of what this might be, Mike, that you, you understand he might be getting 15 to 17, but the real value might be 11? I, I do, and, and look, there are teams out there right now, probably teams pretty parallel to Buffalo in terms of contention window that would overpay for a player like this because that is a very specific need that they have, and they don't have many more. The Bills just happen to have six, seven other needs, so I don't think there's, it's realistic that you know, 15, 17 million on, in this roster is going to happen. Now, I didn't, I didn't make the math work in the Bills' favor here. It's just how it ended up being, but there's a range now that says, and look, this happened with Matt Milano. I think we had a similar conversation in that regard where – he was probably a $15 million player if he walks out the door. And, uh, you know, Bean got him back for around that $10.5, $11 million mark. So there's a world where this happens, but there's no question about it. Other teams value him higher because they simply can with their current roster construction. In, in the discussion of, let's say they do want to keep Tremaine Edmonds, it, it, what about the franchise tag? Um, approximately, what would it be? And with the Bills in the position where they are, Michael, would it be – more difficult, or would you advise them to, to try and make a one-year deal fit? Yeah, I don't think that's in the cards here. We're talking about a $20 million deal for a linebacker in terms of the one-year franchise tag, which is a million and a half, two million more than it is right now. Uh, that's just that, that's, that's one single cap hit, right? And that's not something you want to be dealing with in February and March when, when the league year turns on March 15th. So I, I don't think that's the route they'll go. That seems too rich. Um, you know, maybe they can slide a transition tag in at a couple million less than that. Uh, but, you know, you're suspect to offer sheets at that point. I, I do think it's about making him a final multi-year offer. And if he doesn't accept it, he's going to hit the open market, similar to we've seen with a couple of other players. And if somebody goes in big, he's probably going to leave. And if not, maybe they can you know, work out some sort of team-friendly situation. But I don't think the tag is the right move for this current roster. All right, next up, Jordan Poyer, uh, who I think Bills fans would love to see stick around. I know he had an injury-plagued season, but we know how good he's been, how important he and Hyde have been. Okay, let's go with what is what's the all-important what is Poyer's value question first. He's also an $11 million player. So it's, uh, you know, and, and he's you know seven years older, six years older than Tremaine Edmonds. So it's just the... It's a product of where the safety market has gone, and it's a product of just how productive he's been. And you're right. The injuries are a big red flag and, and something sticking out in everybody's mind here. Um, but, again, I, I think this is, a, this is a guy that can go out there and find this kind of number from good, good teams. We're not talking about bottom-of-the-barrel teams overpaying for Jordan Boyer here. Uh, he's done enough on the field and, and in prime time and in, in all the right moments to, I think, warrant that kind of number. So. Uh, I don't expect the Bills to get something done with that. If we want to talk franchise tag for him, it's almost $15 million because of recent contracts with the safety market. So I think both have been priced out in that regard, uh, and it seems like Poyer has been priced out when you factor in age and injury history as well. Yeah, I was wondering, I've been thinking a lot about term with him, too, and I know you got to make the number fit in terms of the salary cap, the average value, and all that, but term, too. Like, if I were the Bills, I'd love for Jordan Poyer to take a one-year deal. I might mm-hmm. consider giving him a second year, but if you're Jordan Poyer, why would you do that, right? He's going to get longer term, I would assume, than that on the market. 
Yeah, and he's thinking final contract most likely here. Yeah. He, he understands what's happening with his body and with, with the age and, and, and things like that. So um, if it's a good fit, if it's the right team and they're offering a multi-year guarantee, I, I expect them to, to leave and take that deal. But look, we've seen crazier things happen. We've seen really good players like Tyron Matthew take one-year deals that are extremely team-friendly just because he wanted to be in a certain situation. So it's not it's not super wild to say out loud. I just don't think in this case we have that opportunity. They have a bunch of UFAs. I think we hit the two important ones, quite honestly. No offense to the other guys on the list. But the other name I did want to bring up is Devin Singletary. And I, I don't think about him, Michael, because quite honestly, I'm going to ask you what you have as his market value. And what the answer you're going to give me solidifies the point that I don't think he's coming back. The Bills shouldn't sign him. Yeah, he's a five and a half, five million dollar player in our system. And uh, look, there's about twelve five million dollar players right now about to hit the open market. It's just sort of how it worked out. This is a a really popular cycle for available running backs that are in his wheelhouse. Right? They're not elite. They're not even probably second tier right now. Uh, they don't catch the ball a, a ton in terms of that kind of production. So uh, it's a good number. But but being honest, I've seen this happen now three, four off-seasons in a row. I'll throw a number out there, and, and they end up signing for a million or two less because supply, demand, and that and that running back position is just going nowhere fast. Isn't this a year with, with you mentioned like 12 guys at the running back position. Some There are some top-tier guys, right? Oh, yeah. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, they're going get, to get big, big-time contracts, if not franchise tags, to start here. So uh, they're going to reset this thing at the top. There's no question about it. But then there's a lot of Tier 2, Tier 3 guys, Jeremy. Does that, does that tend to, in a year like that, I wonder if like other it might be different than other positions. If there's guys at the top, you know, you say reset the market. At some positions, that'll pull everybody at that position up. With running back, is there going to be, I don't know, a, um, an erosion or a, a, an elimination of the middle class of running back eventually? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm referring to. You said it better than I did. It's, uh, there's going to be some, some unicorns that continue to push this thing forward slowly. And we've seen this in tight ends as well, right? The Kittles and the Mark Andrews of the world who continue to slowly push that top number, which is very similar to the running back one, actually. And then everybody else is just falling off a cliff. And I'm not going to say that everybody's going to be there. We've got some James Conner contracts and things like that that work well with a Singletary situation. But I think more and more teams are simply saying that it's not worth our time to even add that extra three, four million. We're just going to go either if we can get the big guy, right. And the bills tried for a McCaffrey type player at some point over the past 18 months, we'll accept that money. Otherwise we're going right back down to minimum salaries, one, two, three million per year. And, uh, and just kind of turn this thing over on an annual basis. By the way, I do have the Bills salary cap page open at SpotTrack.com. If you were wondering, if they decide to cut Josh, it's a $77 million dead cap. Number. I wouldn't do it. You know, No? no. All right. I, I just wanted to run that by everybody just to see how it floated. Um, let's talk about cap cuts, though. Obviously, the, Josh isn't going anywhere, Michael. Are there some obvious candidates when you look at the Bills list where you'd say, yeah, salary cap cut opens up space? Begrudgingly, because I know the importance that they hold inside the room. So Mitch Morris is the big one, uh, your starting center. It's always a position that I, I hate to put on these lists because there's so much behind the scenes that I don't know, right, the relationship with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But when I see $6.3 million sitting there to be had and there's a team that's $16 million over right now, he's got to hit the list. So he's aging. He's got some concussion history. Those are, those are awful things to have to take into an offseason. But um, $6.3 million to be saved is at least in, in consideration. I think he's been there a couple of years in a row now. Um, I, there's a couple of uh, defensive linemen who I think just simply underproduced on their two-year deals. I think Tim Settle certainly in this conversation, even though it's you know a two million plus savings, not nothing great, great. And then I'd throw Isaiah McKenzie in the same, same situation. It's about two million to be saved. Um, he was crazy valuable, you know, projected to be crazy valuable out of the gate, and I think it just kind of waned as the season went on. Right? Whether that was fit, whether that was 
structure and concept, but I just feel like he was pushed out of the offense a little bit more. And there's a couple million to be saved, so I think he's got to hit this list right now. Now, the other option, too, is restructures. And there are some, Jeremy pointed out, the, the two big cap numbers are Josh Allen, who's got a $27 million base salary coming up, and Diggs, whose base is 7.9. Are there some guys, you know, Brandon Bean the other day said, he doesn't want a situation where in a couple of years he's got he's over the cap by a hundred million. I, I, maybe that's like a New Orleans Saints thing. But are there some guys that are logical restructure candidates for space? There, there's two to me slam dunks, and, and the first is Josh with that salary. You can free up over twenty one million dollars by converting mm-hmm. that salary, and it's so early in this contract. I think you're safe to do that right yep. now. You don't have to really add void years and and get fancy and things like that. So to, to me, that's a no brainer. That gets you basically in the black right there. And the other one is Von Miller, who, again, longer contract. He's still got five years on this thing left, plus four years if we need it. He's got a gigantic roster bonus that can free up over $10 million right now. So, so right there out of the gate, uh, two guys, two important pieces of this puzzle, frees up over $30 million, basically gets you $15 million in the black right now. So to me, that's the starting point this offseason. And then you can slowly start to identify some things. I'm not sure I would touch Stefan Diggs' contract uh, this year specifically because the second-year bonus kicks in, and uh, it gets real funky dead from a dead cap standpoint for the next two, three seasons. So I think you'd be, you tread lightly with that one, maybe a small, small restructure just to, to figure out where you need it because of his importance to the roster. And then Deion Dawkins would be the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, important position. I think he's still pretty important for three, four years here. You're comfortable freeing up $7, 8000000 million of that compensation if you need to this year just to keep the train moving forward. Going to get to your calls in a moment. We're wrapping things up with Michael Giannitti. The, the website, by the way, if you're not familiar with it, is spottrack.com, and it's a fabulous site for con- not just the NFL, by the way, for contracts, salary cap, the business side of thing. I guess the only, the only other thing I was thinking about, well, two things. One you pointed out and one I want to ask you about, extensions is another way of reducing cap numbers. Um, I mean, Ed Oliver is on the 50-year option. Are there any guys you'd look at and say maybe now's the time to extend to lower a cap figure? Yeah, it's not a great list. I feel like in years past I've come on here and given you seven, eight names that we could yeah. be extending, but we've extended them all already. So okay. it's, uh, Oliver's on that list, but he was I was much more comfortable about that 12 months ago. Let's put it that way. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a really tough situation for the Bills to be in with that 11, near $11 million cap hit. Um, we've seen a couple of teams do this, and, and the Saints are sort of the, the pioneers of doing this. We've seen teams restructure fifth-year options instead of making that extension to lower the cap hit. I don't think that's something Brandon Bean would do, knowing his philosophy with restructures, but I'm not sure you're extending at Oliver right now. Uh, I think there are, there are ways to get around that or at least avoid that until you can see one more strong season out of him. And then the last guy is Tyler Bass, the kicker. You can actually open up some cap space and keep uh, what's been a pretty consistent kicker in a position that's been really t- tough for a lot of teams around for three, four more years at about three and a half, four, four million per year, which is, you know, second tier right now. And I think that's a no-brainer. It seems like uh, that was a slam-dunk draft pick out of the gate. The last thing I want to ask you about is something that you brought up in your, your breakdown when you were going through all the Bills possibilities. And we've talked already a lot about wide receiver and drafting and making a priority drafting uh, a draft position. But you also brought up the idea of trading, maybe trading for wide receiver number two. Yeah, it's it's something we're seeing the, the contenders do more and more of. And the Bills almost you know, pioneered that deal, right, with the Stefan Diggs move a couple of years back here. So I think there's a world where they can make that happen again. I, I, I'm not a big proponent of giving up draft picks. Uh, and if you're giving up, you know, first, second, third round picks for a player, it's going to have to be somebody comparable to Stefan Diggs. But I don't think I'm in that world right now. I think I'm thinking more of, you know, moving a player out right now with a third round pick, with a second round pick for 
a bona fide number two wide receiver. There are some names out there, and, and you know, we, we can go as high as a player like Mike Evans if we want to, who I think is going to fall off a roster for cap casualty purposes. Um, and he's in an expiring contract. So you can think of it like a deadline move right now, so to say, and, and, and string him along for one year and then see if you want to extend him and keep him in the fold going forward. But uh, there are some names like that who are a little bit older in age who aren't going to warrant the top-of-the-market contracts, and their teams just simply can't afford them right now. So there's, there's a world where to be creative like that and not use you know, a second-round pick on a wide receiver that might take two, three years to matriculate and get themselves up to speed, which is uh, the window that's going to be closing quickly for Buffalo. Get a plug in for your website, Michael, before we let you go. Yeah, spytrick.com, at spytrick on Twitter. We've got a, a twice-weekly podcast where we talk about a lot of this stuff even more. Good stuff as always, Michael. Thank you very much for your time, sir. My pleasure. Have a good weekend, guys. You too. Thank you. Michael Gennetti, spottrek.com, joining us on the Western Hotline. He mentioned Dig or um, uh, Von Miller. Von Miller has a $13.5 million roster bonus uh, that is going to be due, so that's why he was talking about maybe restructuring Miller along with Josh Allen to create some cap space. Mike Evans, there you go. There's your guy. I mean, you get him get him for one year. You loved him coming out of the draft. You know, Maybe you could get him now, <laughs> next season, well, for was, one year. It was a long time ago. How many years ago? Let's get connected with our fans. Johnny Manziel's here. It's the Watkins draft. Yeah, 2014. Oh, Ooh, boy. Let's get to uh, Jacob in Buffalo. Thanks for holding on, Jacob. Go right ahead. How's it going, sir? Thank you for having me. Sure, thanks for um, calling. It's probably going to be uh, considered a bold take Friday, but I believe that we should trade Tredavious White and Micah Hyde and potentially franchise tag Jordan Poyer and trade them for cap casual piece and because – Next year, there's no world in which they will be as good as they were the elite level two seasons ago. So I wish you could uh, maybe give me more some insight on that. Thank you, sir. I it, no, uh, I don't. No, there's no way I would tag Jordan Poyer. It's too big a number. Um, He's saying tag and trade. Oh, tag and trade. Oh, you're clearing out both safeties and Tre'Davious no, White. No, because why? You're you're killing your secondary. Absolutely torching your secondary. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do any of that stuff. I, I would assume Hyde's going to stick around, play out one more year on his contract. I would, I would make an effort to try and keep Poirier here short term. I don't think he will want to do that. And I wouldn't trade Trey White. He's my number one cornerback. So, yeah, you'd be, you'd be crushing the secondary on a team that prides itself on a secondary that doesn't give up big pass plays. You'd now be basically killing it. Well, he'd probably he'd want to get other players that would, could also be good draft players, free agency, blah blah blah. Right? Like, uh, is the idea to do what the Chiefs did? It just doesn't have to be a wide receiver. Like, it, is it going to come about that it will someday be a good idea that the Bills trade a great player like the Chiefs did with Tyree Kill, save a bunch of cap space, and you get two first round picks back? But who is that player for the Bills? It's not Tre'Davious White. No, that's why I don't think it's, someday. I don't think that player really fits right now no. anywhere. You'd be looking at some of your bigger contracts you'd be getting rid of. So now we're, we're talking Trey White, Deion Dawkins, Stephon Diggs. It's got to be a larger contract. But you just extended Diggs. If, you're right. gonna, if you were right. going to do this for Diggs, last year. Gonna do this for Diggs, last year was when you were going to do this, and you didn't do it. But, he, I mean, you're, you're going to trade a guy that's going to give you considerable cap space as part of this, right? And right. Like that's it's got to be that's why Milano. The did it, didn't I mean, it's it? got to be one of the bigger name guys on your contract list. The Chiefs did it because they weren't going to pay him. He was also under contract. Oh, Hill, yeah, yeah. Hill was under contract right. and wanted more. That's the same as Devontae Adams, right? Like, he was not a free agent. He was traded. Right. Yeah, so... Hey, by the way, can you name any 27th overall picks in NFL history? Let's do a little bit of that when we get back. Tredavious White is the 27th pick. Also, get ready for your brain to melt a little bit. 
Do you know where the Bills pick? I cannot afford this. Do you know where the Bills pick? 27. Oh, this this garbage. We got to decide what we're going to do. Yeah. They pick 28th. But huh? they but they pick 27th. Huh? The Dolphins. Never mind. Go ahead. What? What? And did you know whose fault it is? The Dolphins. Brady. Brady. Huh? It's Brady's fault. We have to do this. The okay, Dolphins, I'm, I'm okay the with Dolphins pick for is forfeited. So the Bills have the 28th pick. They will make the 27th selection. selection. Yeah. What are we going to do with that? It's stupid. I hate it. I hate it's it. It's so stupid. I looked up huh. I looked up all-time 27th picks, and then I realized, oh, wait, the, the Bills are picking 28. And it will go down in history as a 28th, the 28th pick, pick. Right? Why? Because the 21st pick is forfeited. So who cares? If it's not picked, don't count it. Right. It's like a, a, a hotel skipping the 13th floor. Which I've it's seen. It's still the sure. 13th floor. No, right. it doesn't say it in the elevator. <laughs> We're going to have to do that. So really? I hope you're ready for six months of... Who they picking at twenty seven? Guys, they pick at twenty eight. Who they picking at twenty eight? Guys, they pick at twenty seven. We're gonna have to deal with that the whole year. Can we pause the draft for fifteen minutes when the Dolphins were supposed to pick and not have a selection at all? I bet they will. Please, that's what we need. Can, can we, we need just, a non-pick for fifteen for minutes? 15, or how about this? Instead, of, can we just like put a long snapper in there for the <laughs> Dolphins so that it can, everything no, can be easier? For fifteen minutes, every team goes up to the stage and roasts Miami. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. They all go up say, we would have picked this guy here. Just go up there and make jokes about the Dolphins. Oh, Next up, man. Vikings. Go ahead. Give me your best shot. And just you know, so he starts making fun of Shula. Make fun of everybody. Oh my gosh. So anyway, twenty seventh overall pick. The history of that, and also, I'm sorry, we're, we're teasing a bunch of stuff here. So hadn't thought about trading for a wide receiver in addition to drafting one, huh? Beautiful. Right. Love it. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown, right? Devontae uh, Adams was a trade, right? Yep. Yep. Diggs, look at how many guys have been traded. Yep. Anyway, go ahead. You should bring so, something else up. for a while, last week, two weeks ago, the talk was about neutral site AFC championship game. Yeah. That conversation has been tabled for a little while. Pro Football Talk, there's a new conversation. Oh, I saw this. I think I know where you're going. And I think this one is going to happen. Really? I do. I think this one is going to to happen. We'll okay. tell you what that is next. All right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 56% 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you're like a first-round pick or high... If you're you're like a first-round pick or highly touted... You can play crappy for five games. Then you play one really good game. Yep. Everybody's like, see? see? That's why he's a first-round pick. Purdy, mark my words. If the Eagles win that game and the Niners, it doesn't go well for them. All of the draft guys who don't want to feel bad about themselves because they said that nobody should draft Purdy, they're going to say, he's just limited, see? How many guys would go into <laughs> Philly against that D-line in the NFC Championship game and play well? That is Ross Tucker. Former Bill, Odyssey Insider on the Dan Levitard Show. Ross will be on at 5 o'clock this afternoon. We show up with the Bulldog. Always love having Ross on the radio station. Former Bill's offensive lineman. That's a good point he makes. About Purdy? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, see, there he is. Now he's limited. He'll lose his first career game. Oh, yeah. That's that's why he was a seventh-round draft pick or something? Right? Aren't they already? Like, he's going to be the guy instead of Lance next year, right? Is that what they're saying in San Francisco? Or Brady. Does, oh, yeah. Does, or, does Sunday saw, decide that? I saw Rodgers. Like, on the list of Rod, the betting teams for Rodgers, Niners, I think, were like the second favorite behind the Jets. So Nathaniel Hackett gets the offensive coordinator job in New York, and the new thing to do is to say that he's just going to bring Rodgers there. Yeah. Is he going to do that? I couldn't do it in Denver. No. I don't know if he's going to do it in New York. If They're, they're going to go after a veteran quarterback, right? They're why, trading for a veteran quarterback. Why couldn't he get it done in Denver? They wouldn't part with what it took to do it. I mean, they did it for Russell Wilson, yeah. who was younger. Unless Green, yeah, maybe Green Bay didn't want to do it as much as things Or Rodgers got talked into one more run in yeah. Green Bay. Yeah, well, hey, if he goes to New York, he's got a much better defense. He's got a really good, some really good weapons and a really talented young receiver. In Garrett Wilson. There's a, yeah, speaking of the Jets, there's a good point made about Brees Hall. So Brock Purdy is one of the finalists for Rookie of the Year, which is wild, right? Because yeah, he only played is, six wow. games. Yeah, so did Brees Hall. He should be a finalist for Rookie of the Year, should he not? Brees Hall was yeah. amazing yeah. when he played. Purdy is. I'm, I'm actually surprised Purdy's he is. a finalist for Rookie of the it's Year. It's such a small sample size mm-hmm. to be a Rookie of the Year. The two receivers that are finalists for Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year, it's Olave and Garrett Wilson. Right? Is Olave a finalist for Rookie of the Year? I think that's right, yeah. Those two were taken in the teens, by the way. So to Brandon Bean's comment about, I'd love to have a Jamar Chase picking at the top. Mm-hmm. Those are two guys taken in the teens. 27th, I mentioned last segment. Guys taken 27th. DeAndre Hopkins. That's pretty good for a 27th pick. Roddy White. Okay. 
And second round guys, you know, they've been good. So the Bills can find themselves a good receiver. Anyway, we tease going to the break. A potential change to the conference championship day. And I'm surprised this didn't get brought up last week as part of the neutral site conversation. Because if you go neutral site, AFC and NFC championship games, I think you would definitely go a Sunday and a Monday. Now, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reports that that is something they would consider. Sunday, one game. Monday, mm-hmm. the other game. You split them up over two days. There's not really much competitive disadvantage playing on Monday. You have a buy-in between, right? It's not going to make much difference. Would would they go to AFC Sunday, NFC Monday, or vice versa? Well, you could alternate. And, yeah, and split the conference championships over two days. I'm going to guess that the answer to that is yes. I think that will happen. We've already seen a playoff game move to Monday night mm-hmm. in the opening round. So, yes, I think that the conference championships will eventually be split over two days. Okay, I won't fight you on that. I think that is much more, I am much more agreeable to that than ever moving the conference championship to a neutral site. Me too. I think that is heresy, moving a conference championship to a neutral site. You want to move, here's the only downside for me. I like watching two games on Sunday. I got to wait till Monday. And if the Bills are playing, whoever's playing on Monday, it's going to feel like an interminable wait to get to the conference title game. Just what? I got to wait till Monday night. I mean, we're talking a Monday night game too. It's going to be like an eight, eight thirty game, not Sunday at three or Sunday at six thirty. So that's the only part that bugs me. But from a league standpoint, and I read I read Mike Florio's blog item about it as well, and he makes a lot of good points. Why would you want to have one of your two conference championship games playing second fiddle? Play one on Sunday, and on Monday everybody's talking about the game from the day before. Play another one Monday night, Tuesday morning, everybody's talking about the game from Monday night. The networks get standalones. Well, it's standalone anyway, but then, like his point is, you've got the 3 o'clock game, let's say it's on Fox. So you got the audience, and what happens? As soon as your game is done on Fox, what happens? Click, they all go over to CBS to watch the next game. So this way, longer post-game shows, we keep the eyes on our network, maybe you watch whatever show Fox puts on after the football game is over, because you didn't switch over to CBS. So, yeah, it makes... It makes sense for the networks. It makes sense for the league. I don't think, well, I shouldn't say, it's, I was going to say, is it a major inconvenience for fans? You're going to miss a day of work on Monday now if you're traveling to see your team play a road game, whatever. I don't have a problem with that. You can move it. And if it's that or a conference championship at neutral site, then move the game to Monday. I, I would think it does make sense for the league to actually do that. I don't think the networks would mind. And I think the league would be like, yeah, okay. We get one game Sunday, one game Monday. You're all talking about those two games, not splitting time on Monday talking about the two games that happened the day before. So it probably does. I've never heard this brought up before. It's a little surprising it wasn't been it hadn't been brought up in the past because it does make sense for the league to dominate the storyline on back to back days and have two separate games. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. We are going to get connected with our fans. Rob in Connecticut, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Good morning, boys. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. All right, I just wanted to let you know, because of you three guys, and I've been listening so much, you know, you guys are really reeling me in with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. You know, well, you should hop on board. They're fun to watch. I, I'm already, I think I'm already there, man. You guys, they're having a great season. You know, I followed hockey for a long time, and it's like Sabres are uh, legit this year, so I'm enjoying it. Good. Um, I can't really watch it because I can't follow the puck. <laughs> so, because of my eyes. 
But oh, I got anyways, you. The reason, the reason why I was calling was, and I brought it up to Joe, and I was, I've been listening to you guys and you know, during the off-season moves and stuff, talking about Edmonds and Poyer. Your opinion, what would be the possibility, and I don't want it to happen, but I was thinking about it, uh, Poyer or Edmonds going and fi- uh, following uh, Brian in New York, winding up on the Giants. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, it's, you know, I couldn't tell you that they'd want to go to New York or not, I suppose. I don't know. I, I think no Brian Dable and Joe Shane are probably building an offense first, and it's Wink Martindale's defense. I don't know, you know, if he's necessarily running anything close to what the Bills are running. They, they're very aggressive. They blitz a lot. That's yeah. what a Wink Martindale defense does. Couldn't even tell you what the linebacker and safety depth chart is for the Giants, quite honestly, so I'm not sure what's available, what's open. And you know all that other stuff. So I, I have no idea, Rob. I don't know if that would be of interest to those guys. Or no, not. I, I wanted your opinion. I mean, it would it be possible? I mean, well, sure, it's possible. You know, they, they, they play they'd be free Brian. agents. Yeah, they they, they play well, Brian. And and they know what he's about. They and they did they did well this year. They didn't play for Brian technically, but yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose you know what I mean. I honestly, I have no idea how they feel about Brian Dable. And is it possible? Sure. I mean, they. Okay. Poyer's going to be a free agent. Edmonds might hit the free agent market. Yeah, they can go wherever the heck they want to go at that point. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for thanks. I just wanted sure. your opinion. I wanted to see if that yeah. was a good question or not. Look, I no? think I think Rob, what's appealing? Thank you for the call. Look, I I think the Giants certainly did a lot better than I thought they would do this season. Brian Dable did a really good. Actually, Brian Dable did a great job with the weapons they had on offense. I mean, I don't know who. Not named Saquon Barkley, who was the next best, most dangerous player on the offense for the Giants. Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, and he, I mean, you would have never Darius guessed that Slayton. when the season began. Darius Slayton's good. So he did a hell of a job. So he's, and I, I, I believe Joe Shane will, will build that organization. I mean, he certainly was, had a big part in, the, um, in what Brandon Bean and company did here. So it's a good, it's trending up. It's a good place to go. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what's the contract? What's the term? How much money are they offering? I don't, I couldn't even tell you where these guys would want to be next season. But, you know, at least the Giants are trending up. It seems to be an organization that has the right people in place going forward with their GM and their head coach. Appreciate the call. Thanks. 803-0550 to join us. We have more Bills talk coming up top of the hour. Chris Brown will wrap up, well, not really wrap up the season. I guess it is. But also an off-season preview. Now that Sean McDermott has talked and Brandon Bean has talked, we'll start kicking around some ideas of an off-season game plan. So Chris is going to join us for one final time. We're going to make this of the season uh, coming up at 9 o'clock. 803-0550 for you to join us as well on WGR. I'm good. Hell no. 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 Not a chance. Let me get one more drive at least. No, no way. No, I'll do it at halftime. I'm good. I'm good. No way. No way. Police station. Patrick Mahomes screaming, no, 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 don't take me out. It is kind of like the whole, they'd have to drag him off the field. They, yeah. they kind of did. Yeah. He reluctantly went to the locker room, let's put it that I'll way. I'll do right? it at halftime. <laughs> they were close, too, right? I think they were... Were they a few minutes away from halftime? But yeah, he just wanted to get to the break, but no I mean, dice. Chad Henney led a 98-yard Eight touchdown yard drive. drive or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Hashtag Mahomes' system quarterback. <laughs> yes. 
some Mahomes game manager or no? <laughs> uh, let me get you the final stats of the game from last night's Sabres victory, and we'll get connected with our fans in just a moment. Final stats brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. So just a couple things here. Rasmus Dahlin got his 40th assist of the season. He now has 55 points. That's a new career high from him. Um, I follow this guy on Twitter. His name is Joe DiBiase. He tweeted out this morning, Jeff Skinner now has 30 assists. So he's about mm-hmm. to obliterate his career high in assists, which is 32. What else? Tage Thompson, who was in a drought by his standards with one goal in nine games, now has a goal in back-to-back games. Olofsson's extending his career high in goals. He's up to 23 now. And the Sabres and their offense. They scored three or more goals for the 36th time in 48 games this season. That's the good news. When they score less than three goals, they don't win the hockey game. They're 0-12. But they won last night. So there you go. Some of the final stats from the win over the Winnipeg Jets brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Jeff Skinner, who was once on the fourth line. And deserving so. He clearly was not More than once. Yeah. He was, I've just checked this, he was centered by, do you remember who the center was? Oh, my goodness. Was it Sabatka? No. I mean, it might have been. No, there was another time where it was Sabatka when he was higher in the lineup. Yeah, uh, Sabatka was getting top six minutes. Oh, that, that era. I couldn't The not. fourth line center when Jeff Skinner was on the fourth line. I mean, is this the, like... The guy that he had to work harder with to prove he belonged on higher lines. Yeah. I have no Who idea. is it? It wouldn't have been Larson. Larson nope. was the, the log line. Zenon Kanapka. I think nope. we're a little past that. No, it is. I just wanted to work in the name Zenon Kanapka. Former first-round pick. Not of the Sabres, though. He was traded away. Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar. Do you know how many points Curtis Lazar has this year? He has played. I'm surprised even in the league. He's played 38 <laughs> games. Curtis Lazar has three points. <laughs> Jeff Skinner was on his line, and the coach of the team said he had to work harder. Well, he had to, the principles. To get goals. He needed to and get the principles assists. down. Yeah. To get put up in the lineup. And, and then when he didn't score with Curtis Lazar, yeah. he got put in the press box. In the, on the taxi squad. Right. Now he has 30 assists. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, what, he's got 20 goals? He's got 50 points. We all witnessed that. Clearly, you know what? See, you don't, see you're being... You should give credit to Ralph Kruger. Clearly, he made Jeff Skinner a better player, but Granado is benefiting from it. Well, hey. That Ralph Kruger, people could pick the sarcasm. Nice out of that, guy. Right? It's just amazing that it happened for so long. Yeah. That was one of the things about it that was so amazing. It was amazing that it was amazing that it continued to be amazing. I don't know. It went out for two seasons, right? Yeah, he had thirty-seven points in two seasons, and he would have been a healthy scratch at times, right? The thing about it is even, oh, yeah. more, even more amazing was like that first season when he was bad and on the fourth line, he still had a decent number of even strength goals. He right. still kind of produced in limited minutes. Right. All 14 of his goals that year were at even strength. Eight, 14 even strength goals with limited minutes and getting fourth line and taxi squatted and just made into a villain. We can laugh about it now, thankfully. A man with a delightful smile that now when he scores, and he plays, I want to dance with he's somebody. He's got a great goal song. That's right. I and love also, that song. Kruger really got uh. here at the, the – Housley's fired – the off season of the forty goal season. Yeah, like they had to decide forty that, goals. They, they contract, had to decide right? whether or not to pay him. Yeah, and Kruger's in the building. Like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I'll make that work. <laughs> like yeah, give him nine million dollars per year. I'll know what to do. Was he the highest paid fourth line player ever? I mean, had to be. It, right? it is amazing that it happened, and that Granado watched it happen that whole time and was probably screaming internally. 
Does he that, is going does that... to obliterate, I mean, not just the assists. He's, he's kind of actually weird. He's had 63 points four times in his career. Hmm. Exactly 63. He's got 50. Like, he's on pace for 90 points. Yeah, he's on pace for another 30-plus goal season. He's right? going to smash his career high in points this year. What is the bigger, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, Skinner or Darlene, the bigger wrecking of a player in the Kruger era? Because Rasmus Darlene became a shell yeah. of a hockey player under the previous head coach. Like, he had the yips under the previous head coach. Doesn't it have to be Skinner, though, because Skinner was great was before. Was pr- provably right. very good, right. one of the best even-strength scorers in the league. And Darlene was like a teenager before Kruger showed up. All right. Cause, I mean, I thought we all knew Darlene was talented, and now he's playing at a Norris Trophy level, and the previous guy put the clamps on him and made him a nervous wreck. I mean, you're right. Like Darlene having 23 points in a 56-game season. Even that is like... That happened? 23 points? He's 23 points probably in the last like three weeks. <laughs> What's he got? Yeah, what did I say? He's got 50? 55 points. 55 points. And there's still like 30 games left in the season. It's, it's amazing that era happened. <laughs> Thank God they're good because I can laugh at and it now. But I, honestly, going through it was not fun. And I liked the idea. I wanted it. Like, yeah. oh, different. Yeah. European uh, uh, ice hockey coach like from the international game. And, oh, he does all these other things, like run a soccer team. Yeah. And then it was just the most conservative thing you've ever seen in your life. Not, not only that, not, not just style of play, but like you guys, just usage. Usage of players that are supposed to be key players and how, you know, either they end up in the doghouse like Skinner or they're just – their development is – Slowed or or you know they're going backwards in terms of Dalene, a good young player and everything. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. All right, more of your calls coming up. We're going to get into hour number uh, whatever four. Yeah, I think it's four. So we're going to get to your calls. We're going to talk to Chris Brown, talk Bills football. We got a lot coming up. Stay tuned for that. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us on WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.